Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end time word. God bless you folks. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Uh, It's an exciting week. You know, twice a year we put out our printed magazine, the Believer's Faith Challenge Report, which summarizes uh, six months of missionary activity. So we've just got one coming out just this week. We're excited about that, aren't we, Brother Tim? Amen, Brother Mark. Good to be back here. And uh, God bless you, everyone. And uh, there's some tremendous things in this BFCR. And maybe I should, I would just say it is an exciting BFCR because we have, we always have things in the BFCR that are more detailed than we can put anywhere else because it gives us a a little bit of room. However, I will say uh, to start, we have 12 pages of missions reports. Uh, We used to have eight in the spring edition and we've gone to 12 and based on what we had to leave out it may not be in the too distant future that we have to go to 16 and uh, so we we trust that the Lord will just allow us to squeeze as much in there as possible there's so many pictures so many uh, visual things of what's happening that uh, it's just hard to get it all out to the people so it's the Believers Faith Challenge Report we call it BFCR for short. Okay. All right. Well, I uh, was involved in it, but I didn't see the entire uh, finished product until just today. And so it opens as it often does here with uh, a little note about Brother Biskel and his contribution to missions. And uh, I understand we just had the 50-year anniversary of Cloverdale Bible Way. So did you have any comment about that, Brother Tim, with the legacy of Brother Biscoe and missions here? Well, um, we considered doing a 50th anniversary edition of the Believer's Faith Challenge Report, or BFCR. However, um, because missions are, really didn't begin until a year later, so next year is actually the 50th anniversary okay. of missions and the Believer's Faith Challenge Report, But this year is the 50th anniversary of the start of Cloverdale Bible Way, which, of course, there's no missions effort from here. There's no Bible believers. There's no Believer's Faith Challenge Report. There's no record of great things that God has used uh, Brother Biscoe for without the stability of a church, a ministry, and all that goes with it. And so you've got 50 years of a dedicated pastor has raised up the local assembly with great vision given to him from the Lord and great inspiration. And we are all beneficiaries of that, which has in turn spread throughout the entire world. Uh, I know we want to be brief in our BFCRs, but let me just say that 
excuse me, we want, we want to be brief in our podcast rather, but let me just say that um, to have walked with, been this close to, uh, and to watch such a worldwide ministry such as Brother Biskell's, of course, it'll never compare with Brother Branham's ministry. That's not what we're trying to do. But to see the impact that this ministry has had around the world, it inspires all of us, and we certainly want to pay tribute to it. Amen. And uh, you'll notice when you get the Believer's Faith Challenge report, it says here that Brother Biskell took 169 trips overseas. Well, that's a pretty impressive number. And Brother Tim, I, I guess you finally got to travel again this last year, too. Isn't that right? Now that the COVID restrictions, Brother Mark, have been lifted, uh, we're, we're able to get into a few countries, and the, the restrictions continue to be lifted, and we're thankful for that. Amen. Uh, so uh, we were in the past six months in Uganda, in Ethiopia, in Germany, uh, in the United States, and so doing a bit of traveling. And of course, our our great burden in this hour is the work in Africa, whether it be Uganda, Ethiopia, in um, Angola, and spreading into other countries, all of which we are unable to share at this time. Amen. Well, unless something very unusual happens, as has in the last couple of years, I expect uh, you'll be traveling more again in the future. Uh, it looks like it, and we're thankful for that. Uh, if the restrictions continue dropping, we've got more trips planned in the fall, and we trust the Lord to make a way for us. Okay. Well, we'll be sure to keep our, our listeners informed about that. Well, uh, let's just get started. We're going to work through some of the uh, the articles that are in the magazine for you. And it opens with, uh, on the cover here, a report about Uganda. And that was one of the places you were, Brother Tim. It was. And, and you know, we actually start with a an event or a set of circumstances that happened around Easter after I was there. But uh, I won't really go into the details of that. People will want to read the article or view the the web article on our website, BibleWay.org. Uh, and so they can view that. But there's a lot of supernatural things. Suffice to say that God turned a set of circumstances that were designed against the message, and he turned it around to uh, raise up the profile of the message till even it was broadcast on national television and all of that. So we're very, very um, impressed with the sovereignty and the supernatural move of God in uh, taking control of a set of circumstances that could have been very difficult. And that's all, she, all I'll say about that. I'll let people read the details for themselves. Yes. Amen. That That is an outstanding story. Was in Uganda in November, though. And uh, that in itself was tremendous. We visited a lot of the churches that we have built structures for. We preached in, uh, I preached in um, uh, some new churches that were just coming into the message I had a minister's meeting with about 200 ministers there in Sita, just on, outside of Kampala, and uh, there was just a real uh, sovereign and mighty presence of God throughout the meetings, and the people were just so uh, inspired by the Word, quickened by the Word, 
and uh, many baptisms came out of that, and, and we're mm-hmm. thankful for that. Of course, and with all of that fruit, of course, comes needs. And I understand we've got some, some new work done in the area of audio translation, some new languages. Is that right? In Uganda, there's many languages, like there are in a lot of African countries, uh, tribal languages. We translate into Luganda, into Ateso, uh, into uh, now Karamoja. Uh, and also we uh, sponsor other translation work in other areas, but we also print in uh, Kenya Rwanda, which is actually the Rwanda language, but is also needed in places in Uganda. And so there's a lar- there's a good printing work going on there. But in audio, we have been doing audio translations in Luganda, but the brothers in Western Uganda who speak Runyakatara have wanted to do audio translation for the purpose of putting Brother Branham's voice onto the radio and so we said we would help them and we were finally able to get that up and running now and and they have a couple of messages done in the Renya Katara language and so that's moving forward and that's based on the model of the brothers in uh, the Luganda language and they're able to help them and now they're up and running to get the audio translation done also in the Aranya Katara language. Yeah, and that's the northern regions of the country. Is that right? Or those? Aranya Katara is the western region. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the revival so far has been sort of focused around the south. So now we're coming into some new areas with these. Yeah, the south and the eastern area is where most of the souls have come in. Uh, thousands more baptisms since the last uh, Believers Faith Challenge report came out and uh, so uh, several hundred ministers and and but that's only what we know about when you send out a couple hundred ministers being baptized they go home and preach the message to their people and they baptize their people and we don't even hear about it so that's really just the tip of the iceberg yeah absolutely well I guess maybe we do start to hear about it if they they end up getting evicted from their denominational churches and are trying to have meetings under trees. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We also report in the B- in the BFCR of the number of churches we've built. There's some pictures there. Uh, but really, uh, we're unable to publish all the pictures. So again, the website holds more information for yeah. people to go to and view the buildings that are being built. Yeah. And that's continuously going on, isn't it, with the, the new structures? As a matter of fact, this week, we just finished six more structures. Okay. And I think five more latrines. In some areas, uh, the local council won't let the believers use the new churches unless they have a um, an, an established latrine area for the congregation. And so that's something that we've had to do in a number of cases. I think we've built 12 of those. And so the cost factor is definitely there, and but we're supporting it as best we can. Other needs right now, Brother Mark, I should add, is printing. Uh, we are printing presently. And when I say presently, they're just coming off the press in China. Uh, 10,000 Hebrew series books, 10,000 more church age books, and 20,000 Bibles for the people in the Luganda language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
those are tremendous needs. Uh, it's it's tremendous fruit that's being born there, and you know around the world people are are recognizing the ministry of Brother Harold Hildebrandt and his impact there in Uganda. We have a note uh, in the Believer's Faith Challenge report on Brother Harold, and so uh, people, we, we certainly want to acknowledge the influence of his ministry in Africa, not just in Uganda, but especially in Uganda. And uh, we have a note there from Brother Stephen Abali, and uh, we know that believers will enjoy that also yes very very touching and and very inspiring and i'm sure i don't have to mention it to the believer to the listeners of the podcast that know the last podcast we did was a tribute to brother hildebrand yes amen okay uh i think that that covers uganda we're on a whirlwind uh tour here so that we need to keep moving along um Brother Tim, the Message Hub has had a growing impact over the years. Can you bring us up to date on what is going on with that right now? Uh, we put a little article in the BFCR about the Message Hub. You know, in hindsight, you always realize an article doesn't do it justice. We have a number of languages that we're working in ourselves. Other believers around the world are contributing to the Message Hub. I'll give you an example. Last week, I think there was 40... 43 messages, translated messages added to the message hub. The week before that, I think it was 37 translations added to the message hub. Uh, the message hub and its importance and impact around the world is growing by leaps and bounds. I have uh, two requests this week for new languages on the message hub. We have other languages that are being added and have been added. Um, the most recent one would be the Venda language of South Africa in that area. And uh, the Church Age book is presently being uploaded and, and released on the Message Hub. So these are all works that are being done, not exclusively by Bible believers. Um, Hickory Bible Tabernacle and Vision Books has, has sponsored some translations, and they're uploading to the Message Hub. And uh, it just goes on and on and on. And so the Message Hub... And its impact, and I mention it in the Believer's Faith Challenge report, is that uh, through the Message Hub, we know by searching in the uh, the company Google uh, that who records internet activity, we know that people from almost every nation of the world have have logged into the Message Hub, and so uh, have visited the Message Hub, I guess you would say, and so. Through that, it reminds me of the scripture that Jesus says in Matthew 24, that this gospel shall be preached in all the world, and then shall the end come. So we certainly realize this gospel has reached every nation, even just through the message hub, and that's not the only method that this message mm -hmm. is going out. Yeah, there's a, there's a photo here in the Believer's Faith Challenge report of some believers in Bolivia who speak the language of Aymara, and some of these people groups are, are fairly small. You might not even know there is such a language. But then there they are. And the message hub and the translations being done is, is serving them. And that's what makes the message hub so valuable, Brother Mark, is that there might be a language where there's only a few hundred believers. But they need the message in their language. Yes. And so you can't undertake a large print project of going to a print shop and printing 
a thousand or five thousand message books and then trying to store them hoping that the, the group grows but rather with the message hub you can print whatever quantities you want right on a printer so if you need 200 message books in a certain language you can print 200 message books and there's a brother in Bolivia that we have been in contact with over the last little while and he's just really being used of the Lord to spread this message amongst those native people and there's about a million uh, Aymara speaking natives in that area of South America and it borders a few countries and so uh, this brother's doing a good job and uh, we just try and help out where we can it's just another example of the utility of the message hub and the website there that people can access the translations Mm-hmm. And also the, the Message Hub Mobile, if they happen to have access to a smartphone, maybe even an older smartphone, but if they can download that app, uh, then they don't even have to print. They can have it right there on the app. That's exactly right. It's uh, And that's expanding. You know, we're kind of slowly laying it out, but we're actually doing an upgrade on all the apps and the website currently. And we hope to have that out before we release the next Believer's Faith Challenge report. Well, uh, we don't want to uh, underestimate the, the power of that. You know, I was in Ecuador. I don't have very good cell service where I live here. But I was in Ecuador in the rainforest, and my phone dinged at me. And I'm in the rainforest, and I go, there is cell service out here. It's amazing, better than my own house. If I'd needed the Message Hub mobile, I could have got it right there. I remember being in the jungles of Africa one time, Brother Mark, and, and years ago, and, and this was in Ghana, and we were taking a walk through the jungle. It was a remote location, and I had the same experience. One of the brothers' cell phones rang <laughs> uh, way out in the jungle, and I thought, my, this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> the world is becoming that way, yes. All right. Well, let's take a, a hop over to Ethiopia. You were able to take a trip there, and there was some tremendous testimonies that, that came out of those meetings here. Uh, when were you there, Brother Tim? Ethiopia was in March of this year. We went to Ethiopia for the first national convention in the message. Phenomenal testimonies, Brother Mark, unexpectedly, and uh, I think... I'm not sure if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it was much more than I expected it to be. And the Lord just moved supernaturally, both in Addis Ababa and in Hawassa, that were the two locations that we had meetings. And people came in from around the country, all told there was 20, now 27, I think, baptisms as the result of those meetings. Yes, amen. There was a whole podcast done on that. We have an interview from... Uh, Pastor Mogus in Geda on that podcast, and we'll be sure and uh, give you the reference to that uh, at, in the show notes so you can listen to that if you'd like. One thing that I can add, Brother Mark, to uh, the podcast, after the meetings on the way back from uh, Hawassa, the, the small bus that was carrying the believers back to Addis Ababa, or some of the believers back to Addis Ababa, I think there was about a dozen of them, broke down and uh, about an hour outside of Addis Ababa. And uh, sometimes, you know, you don't know why these things happen. But while they were waiting for a new bus, they uh, there was a young lady that came over, had a child, and 
was visiting with them and asked them, you know, who they were, where they're from, and and why they were traveling. And they got a chance to witness to her. Um, and the end result of that was that this young lady was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ just a few weeks yes. ago. Amen. And so you never know what's going to take place when God's in control of everything. Absolutely. And, and it seems to me this is like maybe a step forward for this has been a new work. It hasn't been there too long, but now they're having a convention and they're interested in missions in their their own country and and having an impact. So I, I'm sure you've noticed the maturing of that that work over the, the years, haven't you, Brother Tim? Yes, very much, Brother Mark. And, and that's been our desire. And that was my prayer even on this trip was that the, because of the rules in the country, they're not really interested in foreigners, especially preachers from foreign lands. Mm. And so Brother Basabosi, who started the work, uh, was forced to leave the country uh, after a certain length of time, but several believers had been established. And then there was another brother from Kenya, uh, Brother Timothy, and and uh, he also was helping the work in the as a deacon. And recently he was forced to leave the country. Yes. So you, we have these two brothers that were foreigners that were helping the work, leaving now the Ethiopian believers. Mm. And I can honestly say, Brother Mark, that from what I saw on this last trip, I think that the Lord has uh, brought these brothers in Ethiopia, the ministering brothers, to a level of maturity where they can take the message forward in the country and bring the people in. Matter of fact, I was just talking with Brother Mogus yesterday, Brother Mogus in Gita, the pastor in Addis Ababa, and he's He's now be traveling next week. They have a missions trip planned into the south of the country. And so they're going, they just continue in spreading this message and God continues to bring in souls there. Wow, that's just outstanding. So if a person had a burden for that country and that work there, what kind of needs are there? What could you contribute to, pray for? Yeah, one of the big needs we have right now, the church has grown to a state where even though the people are generally poorer, they need a certain level of uh, equipment to evangelize, or particularly for the church in Addis Ababa. And so they've asked that we would help them to set up a sound system, and we're just kind of looking around for something. The, the group is large enough where it needs some sort of amplification, and we trust that to help them out in that way, the, right now, we're printing books in the country of Uganda at our print station there for the believers in Ethiopia. There's only a few hundred believers in Ethiopia, so we don't have to print a huge number of books. We recently printed the Ethiopia Church Age book for the first time and distributed it when I was there. So, you know, the word is going into the hands of the people and they're being matured by the word of God. So, uh, both in their in their church needs and in their in the printing needs is something that is very uh, prominent there in the country, and we appreciate the prayers of the people and uh, any support that the people give go directly to the needs in the country that they specify. Amen. And, and it's interesting to me, you know, you mentioned Uganda uh, 
printing for Ethiopia. And I think you mentioned China printing for Uganda. Yeah, when we when we print individual books, we kind of have a three levels of printing that we do. Uh, we have the very rudimentary small printer type setup for local churches. If somebody wants to print for a local church, we have a, a certain type of setup that we recommend. But then if we need to cover a language that's not uh, a huge number, maybe a thousand, two thousand books, maybe up to four or even five thousand books, we have a medium sized print setup, which we have in Uganda. We also have the same thing in Angola. Uh, and then if we want to print um, uh, huge numbers, like 10,000 copies, of the, especially of the larger books, it really makes sense cost-wise to sh print in China and ship into the country if shipping into a country is possible, which it's not in some countries. India, it's not possible. And Angola, it's very difficult. And so... Those are the, the three levels of printing that we do. We certainly um, encourage the work of Vision Books, the work they're doing now. They've taken over the work in Malawi and printing uh, really hundreds of thousands of books there in the, for the country of Malawi, shipping them directly from China. Yes, absolutely. Well, that, that sets us up well, I suppose, to talk about Angola because that that whole effort seems to have revolved around printing and the need for for printed books there so why why print uh why is there such a need for printing and not just in a place like angola not just having electronic messages that people could have on devices yeah it's you know there's nothing like a printed book number one uh number two you don't have to recharge a printed book mm. uh so you know, it's there's there is no replacement for the printed book. You might have it on your device, and that's convenient, but uh, and and that certainly can meet a certain level of need, whether it be on a tablet or whether it be on a phone, and and we've used that and continue to use that. But there are many people that a don't have regular access to the internet, or b don't. Uh, you know, they're in an area where electricity is not necessarily uh, a very, uh, how can I say, available commodity. Hmm. And so, you know, they they struggle a little bit. And anytime you're going out into the rural areas, really the printed book is really the best way to reach the people and, uh, and also to distribute the message. If you're witnessing to somebody, uh, the printed book, to put one in their hands is also very very handy for them. Yeah, I, I believe the reports from Angola, they've mentioned they're using the books in that way, just for witnessing. Yeah, they continue to do that. Angola is a little bit different in that it's not run by a minister or not part of a local assembly. So, you know, we very much uh, emphasize that to the brothers that, you know, any, any people that you meet, any new converts, they all need to be referred to a local church, a local pastor that will care for their spiritual needs because the books themselves, the message themselves is is the truth of the hour, but there's still a five-fold ministry. There's still a, a working with the people. There's still shepherds for the sheep and uh, the people need to be connected to a local assembly. We feel that that's very, very important. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And, and in this case, it, there was a local assembly in the United States that got the burden to help the believers in Angola. Yeah, it was actually a brother that worked in the oil industry there. It's interesting because there was it was an American brother working on a oil rig off the coast of Luanda, Angola, that got the burden for the believers there. His pastor, Brother Jason Jackson, agreed to sponsor a printing uh, uh, printing station, and they did through a local church there. Unfortunately, it languished a little bit, and they, they felt a little bit discouraged and asked if we would get involved, and, and so we did. We, we knew or met another brother from Nigeria who was working in the oil industry there, Brother George Oyatola, who's been in our podcast before. And uh, he was able to, through his connections, uh, set up the print station and find some brothers to work with. And, and so that became a, has now become a very, very effective way of getting the message out to the churches. And, and we have lists of churches, and it's, it exceeds 50 churches, Brother Mark, that mm-hmm. receive these message books in quantity, and the people are able to uh, enjoy the message of the hour in their language. They use in Angola the European Portuguese more than the Brazilian Portuguese, mm-hmm. and so they, they really appreciate that. Well, there's a, a nice article about that on uh, in the Believer's Faith Challenge Report, and it's actually uh, submitted to us by Brother Nono who is the administrator there at the print library, and there's some good pictures, and I'm sure the the readers will find that inspiring. Okay, well, Brother Tim, let's take a look at China. That's been, we've been involved there for years. What is the current situation there? What's going on in China right now? Well, China's interesting. We had a little play with the article, and uh, it's quite interesting what has developed and the people will be interested to read the details in the article. But suffice to say, as a country and as a communist country, they have locked down any Christian freedom in the country. Wow. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. The, there's no sale of Bibles of any sort, not even the locally approved Bible. There's no online dissemination of Christian materials no online services allowed, no online discussions of any sort of Christian information. And so in all of that, they have uh, uh, shut down, uh, in their minds, Christian uh, interaction. However, uh, what has happened as a result is that they have uh, created a stir amongst people that are hungry for the word of God to find religious materials Mm. and people are very resourceful. And so there are people around China that have received, purchased whatever the, the King James Bible that we translated into Chinese and brother Murphy Wong has been instrumental in that and how that, uh, they got the Bibles, but when they sent out the Bibles in China, they also sent a few message books in every Bible. Yeah. And and an address, a mailing address. And so the believers then, uh, or the Christians then, who have these Bibles, they remember that now. Hey, you know, there's this material with these Bibles. And they begin to write 
and and so uh, the brothers are diligently working i don't want to say too much about it because it's very much underground mm -hmm. but i'll just say they're diligently working to um, put message books into the hands of the people that desire it none of it's online anymore and the word is spreading that there's this material available so we just kind of um, make a little uh, poke about it in the BFCR and say that the government shutdown has actually created a demand for the message of the hour. <laughs> Amen. And where there's a, a spiritual demand, I don't care what kind of an edict is going to be sent down from the authorities. The believers with the anointing of the Spirit are going to find a way to get the word to the people. Amen. Amen. Uh, we've had Brother Murphy on in the past, but I think not for a while. Uh, believers might be curious what he has been working on, what Brother Murphy is up to. Well, I think uh, because it's impossible for him to travel to China uh, under threat of arrest or imprisonment, I think that, that he's been focusing, well, I know that he's been focusing on finishing the entire message in Chinese and uh, the announcement, of course, will be made when the time comes. But I'll just say they're getting very close to having the entire message in Chinese. Amen. And that's a tremendous work that him and a lot of the believers are doing. And may God just continue to bless their efforts. And, of course, we sponsor that 100% through Bible Believers. And anybody that's burdened for the country of China can give through that avenue and We'll just make sure this translation work keep go, keeps going forward. It's been definitely a burden of Brother Biscal, and we want to keep it moving forward. I believe they will finish. And, and also, Brother Murphy, I don't want to even venture a guess how many hours he's put into this, but he does the voiceover work also. So it's not just the translation that he's involved in. Yeah, that's correct. It's... it's uh, if there's anybody that's a laborer, it's Brother Murphy. Yes. You know, the Chinese people generally have learned a work ethic, and uh, they're very hard workers, and Brother Murphy is definitely a hard worker, puts puts us all to shame. <laughs> He's going all the time, yep. always finding something to do, working on the Chinese, uh, the spread of the message in Chinese, and really has been used of God to further the message in China. Amen. Well, when he finally gets done with this, we'll be sure and have him on a podcast and, and celebrate the, the completion of the translation into Chinese. Amen. And he writes, Brother Murphy writes the China Report, and people will enjoy not just the story of the message getting out, but there's also some personal testimonies in there of the supernatural hand of God in people's lives, delivering yes. them, healing them. And yeah. and the gospel continues to go forth with signs and wonders. It's an out, There is an outstanding testimony in there. I won't spoil it either, but yeah, you're going to want to read it. There's an outstanding testimony in Brother Murphy's article this time. Amen. All right. Well, that uh, concludes what the, the countries we have reported on in this Believer's Faith Challenge report. So, Brother Tim, as you step back and, and look at the, the whole of it, what, what are your thoughts of the, the state of missions at this time and what is left to do? You know, I, was, I recently ministered here at Cloverdale Bible Way on the subject of the open door. Mm. And one of the things that the Lord has really been dealing with me on, Brother Mark, is uh, not just as a result of, but it, 
as part of a conversation I had with a brother. We were talking about, you know, the ideal minister and, uh, you know, what makes a good minister, what makes a good pastor, you know, the gifts that are necessary and the approach that is necessary. And one of the things that this brother said, he says, and, you know, he needs to work uh, really, really hard. And I, I said, you know, I appreciate that it is hard work. There is a labor to it. I said, but I, I would disagree with you a little bit in that it isn't how hard he works, but rather as God opens the door, mm. he expects us to walk through the doors that he opens. Mm. And that's really what Bible Believers is about. Uh, a good example is the Karamoja region in northern Uganda, where we had uh, some brothers desiring translation. And they had no messages in their language, and the people needed them. And so when I came back from Uganda, immediately believers stepped up and funded that uh, translation work. Yeah. And then we began to print messages. And about two weeks ago, Brother Basabosi said, uh, you know, we we want to, um, the brothers from Karamuja want to increase the number of books from 1500 a month to more than that if we can afford it and because they need more books of each title and i said well i'll look at the budget mm-hmm. and a week later un- unconnected and unannounced uh, a pastor of a church in the united states contacted me whom i had previously shared the testimony of the karamoja region and said, you know, we as a church want to sponsor the printing in the Karamoja region. So he didn't even know they were requesting an increase. Wow. But God put it on their hearts to fund the printing. Yes. And then the next day, the very next day after that email came in, uh, Brother Stephen and Bally sent me a message of a brother from Kampala who had traveled to the Karamoja region with his job and the Lord impressed on him to share the word because the town he was in there was no believers mm-hmm. and he shared the word and quite a number of people believed and now he had to go back and baptize them and he wondered about books and that sort of thing so uh, when I see different unconnected um yeah. events, people moved by the Holy Spirit to do different things. I just view that as an open door. Yeah. And now God is saying we must walk through this door and we we have to respond with the affirmative. We will walk through this door that the Lord has opened and we will do all that we can in that region. Amen. Well, that that is certainly been the history of Bible believers. Uh, Brother Tim, I don't know if you know this, but when I started working with this uh, Bible believers and the mission, I wanted to understand how it had got to be what it is. And so I actually went back and read every Believer's Faith Challenge report, and that goes back to the early 80s. And I know everyone can't do that, but I would just testify that that has been the constant thread of Bible believers is just responding to doors that God supernaturally opens. And that is how the ministry has proceeded, and that's how it has grown, and that is how it continues to this day. And and if there's anything that I would say, I would actually apologize to the people because I'm not a very good communicator. 
There are so many things happening, so numerous from so many directions, I find it impossible to communicate everything. Every door that's opening, everything that's happening. Uh, like a good example is the Bolivia work where the Amara uh, language books are now being printed. That, that's been in the works for probably 18 months. But I have not had the time nor have I had the ability to share that. And so as a result, you know, we're just we're just wanting to keep that uh, keep that alive before the people and share every little portion that we're able to share. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, Brother Mark, I would say, you know, for the people, if they're wondering what they can do, there's always doors opening all the time. Pray for us. Pray that God will uh, use Bible believers. Pray that God will use your church, your pastor, and and wherever you attend, there's there's missions work to be done all over the world. And all I can say is I've promised the Lord if he opens a door, uh, we'll, we'll just walk through that door and use whatever funds he gives us to further this message in the last days. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tim. Thank you for that report. I'm sure that people will be blessed. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark, and thank you to everybody that's listening. Um, there's much work to be done. And so uh, we just want to say thank you for your support and your prayers and trust that something in the podcast today will be a blessing to you and encourage you in your journey as we approach the last hours of the Bride of Jesus Christ on the face of the earth. So until the next podcast, God bless you. Shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at BibleWay.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says Newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click Sign Up. In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. The newsletter is free. Just request it, and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. This is Mark Ajo. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believers Faith Challenge Report podcast. Mm -hmm.